0: this morning anybody in the room who enjoys camping or maybe did at one point okay all right i love camping i'm a tent camper and i've been a tent camper since i was a teenager when i started going to music festivals Sleeping in tents near the stage was part of that experience back in the early 70's. And tents were a given as I discovered the joy of backpacking when I was in college. And Judy and I and our kids have traveled across the country camping along the way. Tents have served as our hotel rooms in Erie, Pennsylvania and Mount Airy, North Carolina Kissimmee, Florida, and the edge of the Grand Canyon, and the Black Hills of South Dakota, and the shores of Lake Michigan, and Hamilton, Canada, and lots of places in between. But never in all my life have I slept in a camper or an RV. It has always been a tent. And pitching a tent actually is a pretty simple thing. First, you find the flattest area you can. Second, you lay down the large brown tarp that stays in the back of your car. Unless you're backpacking, then you go tarpless. Next, you lay out your tent, positioning the opening in the direction you desire. Then you stretch the corners of the tent and you drive the pegs into the ground. And now it is time to erect your temporary home. Now we have had several multi-room tents over the years and they can be pretty complicated to figure out. For backpacking I used a single person tent which was up in just a few seconds. Right now at home in our tent box in the pool room we have two or three dome tents which set up nicely without too much hassle. When the tent is standing, you can unzip the zipper, throw your sleeping bag, and backpack into the tent, and ta-da, an instant, temporary home. Now, one of the things that I love about tent camping is that it provides different and unique stimuli for all your senses. You experience smells in new ways when you hang out in tents. The smell of skunks scampering around in the middle of the night is a smell that, first of all, is impossible to ignore, especially when you realize that there is just a piece of cloth between you and that odious spray. On the contrary, waking up to the smell of bacon that is being fried on an open fire is just magnificent. And it seems as if you can smell the rain from inside a tent before it actually begins to fall. When you camp on what used to be a hog farm, especially if the sun is hot and the breeze is blowing... You smell that from which you wish you could escape, but cannot. You hear things that you don't always hear when you hang out in a tent. Camping in a safari campground in Canada allowed us to hear throughout the night at what seemed to be a mere feet from our tent, the roars of lions and the trumpeting of elephants all night long. When you camp at music festivals, you fall asleep to music wafting from a stage nearby and wake up to your next-door tent neighbor strumming her guitar. After smelling the rain before it falls, you hear it as it pings against the sides of your tent. On one level, it is actually quite soothing and peaceful, but if the intensity increases the sound becomes louder and more ominous. In the stillness of the woods, as you lie in your sleeping bag, you can hear the swishing of a nearby creek, the sound of tree frogs and cicadas, the curious sound of something rummaging around your tent in the middle of the night. Is that a bear? Or is it just a cow because you've pitched your tent near the pasture? Now the sights you see from a tent can be amazing from the dancing of the fire to the deer in the clearing from the rainbow to the sunset is glorious the grand canyon always phenomenal looks grander from a tent flap the view of a mountaintop is framed beautifully through the door of a tent and if the rain falls just so you can begin to see it water as it beads up on the inside of your tent and in case you don't know, that is not a good sign of things to come. Your sense of touch is heightened in the tent. In the middle of the night, when a strange sound, strange sound stirs you, boy, say that fast, when a strange sound stirs you, your hand stretches toward the space by your sleeping bag where the flashlight is always present. You wrap your hand around the cylinder and turn on the light, hoping to shoo away whatever it is in the darkness. When the rain is overwhelming, you can actually feel the dampness on the floor of the tent and occasionally touch a puddle that is forming from the pounding rain. We once discovered three inches of dampness in our tent after a massive storm. There's one sense left, and that is the sense of taste, and your taste is heightened when at camp. There are hikers, backpackers, who can make incredible meals on a butane stove. I am not one of them. My usual supper while backpacking was mac and cheese, and honestly, I was just too tired to stir in the cheese. The taste of peanuts and M&Ms and raisins is transformative when you sit in a tent reading by flashlight. Truth is, tent camping is a great way to encounter creation, to witness life at work, and to see things a little bit differently. Tent camping always allows you to experience life differently, to stimulate your senses in new ways. Tent camping allows you to see with an altered perspective. Tent camping allows you to understand things from a different point of view. Just a few minutes ago, Brooke and Carrie read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, or was it 5? And as cool as these verses are, the real zinger of this passage comes down the page a bit in verse 14. As it is translated in the New Revised Standard Version, "...and the Word became flesh." And lived among us. This word. The word that was with God. And the word that was God. The word that all things came into creation. That were created. That word became flesh. And lived among us. And what is interesting to me. Is the meaning of the Greek verb. That is translated. Lived among us. The literal meaning. Of the word skenao. Used only here in the New Testament. Is Pitch a tent or encamp. So Jesus, the Word, pitched his tent among us. Now why does one go tent camping? To experience life differently. And Jesus pitched his tent among us. Usually when we speak of the incarnation of Jesus, we speak in terms of what Jesus came to do for us, which is all well and good, but could it be that at least part of the reason for the incarnation is so that God, through entering humanity, might experience what it's like to be human with all its pitfalls and struggles? Could it be that in order to truly walk alongside us, to comfort us and guide us, that God chose to be like us? At least for a bit. Might it be possible that for God, through Jesus, in order to show us how to live in love, chose to join with us in overcoming the obstacles that separate us from life and love? Might the incarnation actually be kind of like camping out for the divine? Discovering what it is like out there in a world that's pretty messy. Eugene Peterson, the guy who translated the Message Bible, once wrote about followers of Jesus. Getting to know the neighborhood, the nature and conditions of the neighborhood, is fundamental to living to the glory of God. Is it possible that the Incarnation is God's way of getting to know our neighborhood? Perhaps the Incarnation is God getting up close and personal with God's creation. To smell it. To hear it. To see it. To touch it. To taste it. All so that you and I might find hope and comfort and direction through Jesus who has experienced the life that we have lived. For the word became flesh and pitched his tent among us. Amen.